0: Welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, the career strategy podcast for BIPOC folks in their 20s and 30s trying to figure out their next career move. I'm your host, Priscilla Weninger Bolcha, Latinx career coach, former talent recruiter, and human capital management consultant. Each Friday, I'll share an actionable tip to help you on your career change journey so that you can job search with confidence, land amazing job offers, and get on with your life. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Early Career Moves podcast, episode 65. Today I'm wrapping up a three-episode series on informational chats. Everything that you need to know about how to do informational chats, which is a non-negotiable critical part of the job search and career change process. If you didn't listen to episode 63 and 64, I definitely recommend that you go back and check those out before this episode. That is where I explain what are the different kinds of info chats, how to ask for one, how to prepare for one if someone says yes. And then today I'm covering the three E's of the actual call, how to structure the call, and I'll discuss some etiquette and small talk basics that are important for the call to be successful. So when I think about informational chats, there are three words that come to mind and they all start with the letter E. Number one, enthusiasm, number two, engaged, and number three, efficient. If you can keep these in mind, enthusiasm, engaged, efficient, they'll help you envision the energy that you want to feel on the actual call during those 30 minutes that you're talking to someone. So the first one, enthusiasm, I'm sure you can guess, it's all about showing that you are enthusiastic and excited to talk to that person during that time. You don't have to be overly bubbly or act like someone who you're not. You definitely want to come off as yourself. But even if you're not an overly enthusiastic person, First of all, have a little bit of awareness around where you fall on the spectrum, and then you wanna try to match the person's energy as much as possible. So if you're a naturally very high energetic person, high energy person, and then you talk to the person and they're actually a little lower energy, you might actually wanna move your level of energy down a little bit, but if they are medium, meet them there and take it up a little notch. Overall, you just wanna seem genuinely excited and enthusiastic about having this conversation with them. It's important to not come off as monotone, bored, disinterested, distracted. And then this also means not having very loud noises outside, you know, if there's traffic noises, or if you're in a car, or you want to be in a place where it's very clear that you are totally focused on this conversation. One of the biggest turnoffs is when people are in noisy rooms, noisy areas can't really hear them. Or it sounds like they're also doing something else. Like that's terrible. Do not do that. You want to show that you were really excited, enthusiastic, and focused during the conversation. Especially in a phone conversation, you don't have all of the nonverbal cues like being able to smile at someone on video or maybe in person, you're not able to physically lean in or use body language. All you really have is your voice and your tone. And so you want to practice coming across as enthusiastic as possible in the phone conversation in a way that feels natural to you. The second one is engaged. So you want to show that you're very engaged in the conversation and what they're telling you. Remember, this conversation is not really about you. You're not going to be talking very much about yourself, if at all. It's really going to be you asking them questions and then they're going to be answering those questions, which means you have to be power listening, really listening to what it is that they're saying and then adding on to what they have said, you want to avoid simply moving on to the next question after they've answered a question. So that can feel like very transactional once you're talking to someone and they're just kind of going down a grocery list of questions. That doesn't feel great. It feels like, you know, you're just sort of checking off the box to talk to me. And this is like one thing on a list of many things that you're doing you want to show that you're actually listening and you're adding on to something that I have said. So like, let's say you have asked me what is one of the things that you enjoy most about your company? And let's say I talk about how we have these really cool happy hour networking opportunities then you want to actually respond to that you actually want to say when i'm done answering to the question you want to say wow that's really cool like i that seems like a really cool opportunity to connect with others and then that might lead you to the next question right it, it should feel as natural as possible when you're engaging it shouldn't feel like you're just throwing all these questions and moving on to the next one you have to engage build a relationship and you do that by really listening to someone. Also be careful not to fall into the trap of being overly worried with what you're going to say next, so much so that you actually don't hear what they're saying. And then they're going to notice that you didn't hear what they said because either you're going to unfortunately, ask a question that they already answered, or it's just going to be very obvious that you didn't hear what they just said. So that really should be your focus when you're engaging is to really listen hard. It's more important for you to get what they said versus thinking of what you're going to say next. The last one, efficiency, is all about time management and having a strong agenda and plan for the call. You want to respect people's time. You want to call them on time. You don't want to come late to that call. Coming late to the call is starting off on the wrong foot. It can cause someone to write you off to assume that you're disorganized or you're not able to keep track of your appointments. So try to the best of your ability to schedule a call at a time when you're not just coming off of something. Build in that buffer time to make sure that you can take the call and again, that it's a quiet, focused space and that you're not distracted by dogs and children and all kinds of other things. You wanna show that you are respecting their time. As you're having the conversation, you should also keep your eye on the clock. You want to make sure that you end on time. This is very important. Remember, this person is not getting paid to talk to you. This is something that they have, you know, volunteered to do for you. And so you want to be able to have those last couple of minutes to wrap up the call and to say thank you, say, you know, this has been very helpful. And you want to show that you're keeping your eye on the clock. This is another signal to show that you're someone who's organized and you're someone who's considerate. So five minutes before the call, you can actually say, you know, I know we're we're bumping up against the hour. Uh, I have one more question for you. You know, that shows that you're keeping track of things. The other part of efficiency is, like I said, coming in with a plan and running the call in a way where you've got a plan and you are not letting the conversation get derailed. So the way that you do this is that after you do the small talk, which I'll talk about in a second, you actually do a hard pivot. So within the first two or three minutes after the small talk kind of winds down, you take control of the call and you say, you know what, thank you so much for meeting with me today. I have a few questions I'd love to ask you. Does it work for you if we move into the questions? Like that shows that you have a plan for this call. And so it's really important for you to keep everyone on the same page, keep the call moving in that direction. That makes the call efficient. And it also shows that you have respect for their time as well. Okay, so now that I've talked about the three E's, I'm actually going to dive into the actual structure of the call. So what you can expect during the 30 minutes. So the first two or three minutes, as I mentioned, are going to be building rapport, saying hello, and engaging in some small talk. Now, some people are very good naturally at small talk and others will have a harder time with this and will just have to practice doing it more and more often. With this kind of thing, it really is just practice and the first few times are going to feel awkward and uncomfortable. That's normal. You just have to keep doing it over and over again. I'm not particularly good at small talk. I like to go deep with people. So I have a hard time talking about superficial things like the weather. I also know nothing about sports. So whenever sports come up, I'm just like, I'm sorry, I have nothing to offer here. Um, But you know, you want to think of two or three easy questions that you can ask that are in the small talk ballpark, right? So What I recommend is when you start this conversation, I want you to pretend that you're actually about to talk to someone who you know very well. It could be an old friend and that it's really just you reconnecting with this friend. This helps you have a warm, welcoming tone as opposed to coming off as distant or a stranger on the internet, like something that's a little more awkward or forced. So that's something that you just practice with your tone. If you were to get on the phone with an old friend, your tone is going to sound something like, hey, how's it going? How are you? Right. That is a tone that is warm, that is welcoming. It's immediately inviting and it puts both people at ease. And so you want to create that environment as soon as possible. But if you get on the phone and you're like, hi, I'm Priscilla. Nice to meet you. That's very tentative Awkward energy that comes off as distant and it might make you feel even more awkward during the conversation. So it's something that you want to practice. You know, talking to people you've never met, it only gets easier with practice and it helps to kind of imagine that they're an old friend that you're reconnecting with. Use people's names as much as possible, not throughout the whole call, just at the beginning or at the end. And then assume that this person is here to help you. Assume that they're kind of like, I don't know, a career advisor coach, like someone who's on your side and who's there to help you. That will also help you feel more comfortable going into the conversation. A few questions that I use when I first say hello to someone is, I usually say, hey, how's your day going? Has it been a busy day for you? What city are you based out of? You know, those are typically safe questions that are easy to ask. And then like I mentioned earlier, you want to do that hard pivot of, you know, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. If it's okay with you, I can go ahead and and go into the questions that I have for you. I love it when people actually check in to ask, you know, does this plan work for you for this conversation or for this call? And then usually they'll just say, yeah, sounds good. And probably they'll be happy because they're like, I'm glad you have a plan because I'm tired and it's been a long day for me. So then you go into your questions, which last episode I talked about how to prepare for those. So you should already have your top questions that matter most to you ready to go. And you've already done that legwork of personalizing the questions based on this person's background, you know what they do, the organization that they're working at. You want to have the, those questions ready, and again, you want to make sure that these questions are not googleable, they're not questions that you can just search on the internet and find an answer to. You want to ask them questions that are personalized about their personal experiences, so things like. How, what's your experience been? What do you love about this role? What's challenging about it? What do you wish you had known before you'd moved into the role? What are some skills that are really critical? How How did you prepare for this role? These questions really help you to get meaningful data that can help you figure out what it is that you want to do next and to interview well in the future. And they're questions that you can't find the answers to online. I really recommend staying away from discussing politics, asking about compensation or benefits. And also, I actually recommend not asking about work-life balance at this stage of the process. I would recommend instead asking, you know, what does a day in the life look like? What are the most challenging parts of the role? That's a more indirect way of asking the work-life balance question without putting them on the spot, When you ask this question and you don't really know the person, there's a couple of risks. Number one, they may not have a great work-life balance and now you're putting them in the position to potentially speak negatively about this or maybe even lie, (laughs) like just quite frankly. And the thing is, you want to keep this conversation pretty light and and overall positive and flattering to them and their organization. Secondly, the second risk is that if this is a fast-paced work environment where people do believe that they do work a lot, they may assume that you're not a fit for the role. And they may assume that you're not a fit for their organization. And that maybe you're looking for a role or a place where you're working very few hours or you're able to coast and there's just a lot of risk for like assumptions to be made around this question at this stage that I don't think benefit you. You can actually get the answer to that question um, by going online, looking at Glassdoor reviews, looking at the trends. And then if you do know someone pretty well, like a close friend at the organization, you might get that information in that way. Also, after you get a job offer, that is the time to really ask those more pointed questions, because at that point they are trying to sell you on the organization, and that's a good time to ask. You know, what is the work life balance to me? Not so early in in the process. You also have to be cognizant if you're targeting an industry or a profession that is known for working a lot of hours, like for example, maybe certain nurses or investment bankers, this question can come off as maybe you're just not very informed and haven't done your research because these might be careers where people do work an extraordinary amount of hours. And so asking this question may may not be viewed positively. The last thing that I want to talk about with the info chat, and which I really believe will set you apart as a candidate, is how to wrap up the conversation. I don't want you to ask for anything at the end of the conversation. I don't want you to ask for a job, for a referral, or for any additional, like, hey, can you look at my resume? Do not ask for anything else. This person has already offered you precious time and information, and my recommendation is to end it with an attitude of gratitude, and that's it. One of my favorite books, career books, The Two-Hour Job Search by Steve Dalton, whose work I love and I use, he recommends at the end of the info chat to ask somewhat of a leading question. He teaches that you should be always networking for a referral and that the purpose of the conversation is to not only build a relationship, but try to influence them into offering to give you a referral. He recommends that at the end of the conversation, you ask a question that's to the effect of, are there any additional resources that you can think of that can potentially help me? And he recommends asking that question to get them to think about how they can help you, and that maybe a referral will come to mind to them if they've had a positive conversation with you. I understand why he teaches that, especially if you're in the job search process. But I really believe, and this is my perspective, is that when you're trying to build an authentic relationship with someone, you're not coming to that conversation with an, a hidden agenda to get something out of that person and or to ask them for something else in addition to that. That person should enjoy making that connection with you enough to want to help them themselves without you having to nudge them. I recommend that you end the conversation just saying, thank you so much for your time. You've given me a lot to think about. If it's okay with you, I may circle with you in the future to ask you a few follow-up questions. I think that's acceptable, offering that you may be in contact in the future and and that you appreciate their help. But I wouldn't ask any other question that makes it seem like you're trying to nudge them or influence them to help you even more. I find that the most attractive candidates that I've talked to, and I'm going to do a separate episode in the future about attractive candidate energy, but I believe that attractive candidates... Their energy is not trying to get you to do something or to control you. They're not coming off as desperate or needy. They actually come from a place that's very self-assured, very self-confident. It's sufficiency energy as opposed to lack energy. They're grateful for your time and they kind of just leave it at that. I don't think that it feels very good on the other end when someone's talking to you and you know, they ask you to do something else for you or trying to push you in that direction, especially when you don't really know them. So don't put the person on the spot. Just have a positive connection. So that's my advice. Think about what feels good to you. Ultimately, what I recommend is just not coming in with any expectations for additional help, trying to get them to do something else for you. I would just focus on being present and and building that relationship. When we can release those expectations and we can just relax and be present, enjoy the conversation, you'll be surprised by how much more natural and how much stronger of a connection you'll make with the person that you're talking to and how that will naturally lead to more opportunities in the future. Whenever you come into an interaction with a lot of expectations and trying to control an outcome or trying to get someone to do something for them, that's when people feel cornered. They feel like it's artificial and it's transactional. And that's where I think networking gets a bad rap. Like this is why people hate networking and they hate the word networking is because they feel like they're Like people are being fake. And so I I encourage you to not be fake and to be as authentic as possible in a way that is not pushy towards someone else or trying to control them. Very last thing, absolutely send a thank you note to the person that you spoke to within 24 hours after speaking with them. Thank them for your time. I don't think you need to get fancy with continuing to follow up or sending them articles or hounding them down. Like I really just think, you know, To make this sustainable, especially if you're doing a lot of these, just saying thank you and looping back whenever it makes sense. For example, if you apply for a job there, like that makes sense to keep them in the loop. But other than that, just people are busy and they have way too many emails in their inbox. Okay, that's all I have for you today. I hope you enjoyed this info chat series. Everything that I think you need to know to be successful with your informational chats, keep doing these you know, they really get easier with time and with practicing them. And trust me, you are planting little seeds. These seeds will eventually sprout into opportunities that right now you can't even imagine. All right, y'all have a wonderful weekend. Talk to you later. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure you head over to ecmpodcast.com free course and sign up for my free job search training course. I teach you the three things that you need to know before you go into a job search process. My goal is to help you change careers with confidence and ease so you can move on with your life. I'll see you next week.